0: This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Black Hawk Up Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Please welcome your hosts, Jimmy Lynch, Patrick McGann, and Jeremiah Lee. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Black Hawk Up podcast. I am Patrick McGann, alongside Jimmy Lynch and Jeremiah Lee. We are here on Sunday, October 24th, uh, after the Blackhawks played the Detroit Red Wings on home ice and lost. Yes, they lost. They still have not won a game, and we're here to talk about it.
1: You know what? I'll say this. 82 games in the season. The Blackhawks are guaranteed to at least win one of those, right? Like I think that I think statistics would back you up on that one. At least one. Maybe not two. Maybe but one. maybe we can have a lead at some point. The first 360 minutes, no lead. But maybe one of the next couple games they were we'll close get tonight. there. They were close tonight. It was tied for a little bit. That's all that matters. There's close always counts in hockey, I guess.
2: They're always so close, and then they just flub up for 15 minutes and they lose the entire game for those 15 minutes.
0: I uh, Obviously, um, most of you listening are going to agree with the fact that nobody likes Jeremy Colleton right now. I think there are (laughs) very few people that are – Wanting him to continue to act as the Blackhawks coach,
1: I, I don't know if I'd be correct in assuming that, but <laughs> I I, feel I like bet on
2: that. I would definitely bet on that.
1: Let's just set Let's just set an agreement right now between the three of us. You know, we've talked about we've talked about Jeremy Collinson a lot. We've written about Jeremy Collinson a lot, a lot. Let's just Let's just not even say his name this podcast. Let's not talk about him, them firing him. We thought it would have happened. After the home opener, after the next game, after the next game, let's just avoid Jeremy Carlton as a talking point tonight. I, it's it's almost a point where everyone knows, everyone knows. They're o five and one. True. Everyone.
0: True. Knows. I, I guess coming into this, everyone has their own strong opinions about him, and I guess they don't want to listen to us rant about that for the whole time. But uh, and we can we can you know talk about the next hirees as much as we want, but. Let's just kind of talk about what we've seen uh, on the ice and, and the, the product that's been being put out there, uh, regardless of the guidance from the suit behind the bench.
2: Let's start with this real fast. Let's talk about the fact that we haven't had a lead in the entirety of the season thus far. We set a record for the work for probably the worst no, the worst start in Chicago Blackhawks history. Okay, that is insane. The fact that we had. We were having the worst start with a playoff caliber roster. That shouldn't happen. This happened in the early 2000s because our roster absolutely sucked, right? We can call it, We can come to agreement with that, right? In the early 2000s, the roster was horrendous. Nobody thought they would do anything. Yet this team that people thought would be a playoff team has the worst start in franchise history. Like, who, who thought that would happen in the start of the season? I don't think anybody I, thought
1: that. I think what also really hurts is last year, you know, a similar start to the season during those first couple games in Tampa and then Florida. But what, what changed for that team? It was a game at home against Detroit. That's what got them on track. They won a game we at thought, home against Detroit. We thought that, that that's
0: what it could have been. Right. I mean, we talked. That was last season. Here, that, yeah. that
1: was not this season. But, but, but the
0: last podcast we had, let me, let me pull up, pull it up. We were, we were like, okay, we have this homestand. Okay. It's been bad. We were like, okay, it's been bad. But it can get better. Vancouver at home, Detroit at home, plenty of rest. And,
2: and then they the get absolutely trounced in all of those games.
1: <laughs> the rest is history.
2: Just flat out trounced, man. They got dominated in every single game thus like thus far.
1: And and no only gets know better what? from here. I feel like tonight is it's kind of a I mean it's it's symbolic on a lot of meetings because the Blackhawks had their worst start in regu- in regular season history with how many games they've gone without having a lead and then also tonight saw the end of the sellout streak at 535 games very fitting it's that that's I mean you, you you could not have asked for a better day right like yeah, a better day for Ooh. that to end for to have not as many fans in the stands and guys let me just name the next Three teams that the team is going to play because this is not going to get any easier. We have Toronto on Wednesday, Carolina on Friday, and St. Louis on Saturday away. Yeah. Yeah, Friday and Saturday both away.
0: They get two days of rest to play Toronto and then they get a day of rest and they go back to back at Carolina at St. Louis. So, I mean, on paper, they're not going to win any of those three games. They're not. I mean, on paper, but what if they just pull a toronto win out of their butts i mean i just the kind of team this team is i just beat they should be the team i don't know but on paper they're not supposed to win those games.
2: all right let, let's let's uh let's look over the current stats that they have right now um so they have an average schedule according to hockey reference 17 yeah. out of uh, 32 and they are the worst team in the nhl <laughs> like literally the worst team they're 29th in, um, in goals against, 31st in goals for, unless I, I, that might have changed over the course of this season. But I don't envision them d- getting anywhere. Literally anywhere. Their systems are horrendous. Jeremy Colleton cannot make any adjustments to save his life. Margondi Fleury may be washed, or it could be just be a system issue. One of our contributors for- said something about this, too, saying that the system is not meant for a veteran goaltender. You um, cannot expect a veteran goaltender to save forty shots every single game, right? Yeah.
0: Let me I feel um, bad for him. Like I, I genuinely think that I, I would. I mean, obviously, you're gonna have goals here or there that you can blame the goaltender on in any situation. But I, I feel he made a decision to come to Chicago, and and you know, after he was promised his family settling down in Vegas and, and he, you know, not having to go anywhere again, and then he's got to go to Chicago and now deal with all this going on. I feel, I feel bad for him because he he does not he's a legendary goaltender. He doesn't deserve this. And so true. You know, maybe, maybe he's washed a little bit, but in my personal opinion, I just feel bad for him because it's not his fault. He chose out of his own, you know, he chose to come here and play and give it a chance. And it's just been, you know, I mean, awful for him so far.
1: I'd say this though. It's yes. He's, he's not looked great to start the season, but I, it's hard to blame him completely for all this it's, it's right. just Uh-oh. it's just the so it's the entire team it, they're just they have not been good and it's at the point where to, to me if, if you have Marc-Andre Fleury on this team and they keep losing do him the favor of sending him elsewhere like yeah, get him out of here I mean I also know maybe he'd just be like no I'm done I'm gonna retire but if if I was a team like Edmonton who has Mike Smith out or any number of teams looking for just like that one last missing piece which is a goalie the Blackhawks could hold back half that salary easily. Obviously, I think they would just ask him, like, do you want to go back to Pittsburgh? Do you want to go to Florida and play at a really good team down there? Like, what, whatever you want to do, we'll make it work.
0: Oh my God. And,
1: um, you know, that's that's a conversation for later in the year if this continues. But, yes, tonight there were a lot of bad plays on Flory's part. I mean, he just he just kind of looked confused out there at times. But so did most of the team. Sure. <laughs>
2: Guys, let me read this quote from Mark Lazarus right now. Seth Jones, 100% this team has faith in Jeremy. I've been here for a short time, but his message has been great for us. Dot, dot, dot. This isn't a coaching problem. This is a locker room thing. The players on the ice playing the game.
1: You know what? what? We, we can hear that over and over again. But at the same time, didn't make a difference for Joel Quindle. I would say this is a worse start than what Joel Quinville did in 2018-19. And I know it's different because Jeremy Colleton was in the wings, but Joel Quinville got fired for less. Joel
2: Quinville took a rebuilding Dennis team Savard to 6-6-3. Six, six,
1: yes. 6-6-3 six, six, and
2: three with the rebuilding roster with a bunch of young prospects, some of them who shouldn't even be in the NHL. They fired him after 6-6-3, six, six, and three, unless I am completely mistaken on that. All I remember is 15 games. Jeremy Colleton currently is 0-5-1 with a playoff caliber team built by Stan Bowman. Based off of what Jeremy Colleton asked Stan Bowman to go and get. And we're, you know, second to last in the entire league right now. That's not supposed to happen.
1: What is you happening? know, Pat, I, I'm looking at you and I could see you have something to say, but I, I want to say this first. Um, I know I already just said, let's not talk about Jeremy Colleton. So fine, I won't mention his name in this. But if you're the general manager and you won't make this change, I guess maybe the general manager has to go and the coach. Like that was my article. That's my article for tomorrow. I know you're, I know maybe it's a little spoiler for Jeremy, Jeremy, Jeremiah's article tomorrow, but Hey, just kind of float that That, idea.
0: That's, I mean, that's a big boy move right there though. Like, do we really think the Hawks are going to have, you know, the willpower to actually get is the president gonna say, All right, you're both done, gone, terminated. That's the
1: president mean, it's, it's, of hockey ops is Stan Bowman. It, <laughs> it's, it's exactly. exactly. <laughs> like literally, Rocky
2: words has to fire this guy, <laughs> he's not going anywhere. But Rocky's not gonna do that because he's like, right, Oh, he right. brought us three Stanley Cubs. His dad is our senior hockey advisor. What am I supposed to do? Even though our team is gonna go like 0 15 and 1 to start the season. We lose all of our crowd. We have no season tickets and we can boot out the S consistently. What can we do about that? I'm like, just fire the dude. You're the owner, are you not? I have such strong opinions on this right now. Like, This is so frustrating for everybody. Yeah. Wait, Pat, let me tell you this, okay? While we are watching the game, right? Eddie Olchek, the most even-keeled individual right. in hockey broadcasting, absolutely snapped. He snapped on the broadcast for Edzo's you know, expectation. It was so funny, but it wasn't funny. It was just weird because he never blows up like that.
0: Right. You heard
2: the frustration in his voice. Like, yeah, it's I've been watching this team on TV for the past, like, seven, eight years. And I've never heard him blow up like that. This is how bad this team's playing right now. Oh,
0: my. It's crazy. I mean, it's hard to believe that that this franchise was so successful not too, too long ago and. You know, it, it like, and my question is, like, how much longer does this go on? Like, are Too they just going to let, like, are they just going to let Stan Bowman and Jeremy Collison run this team into the ground until there's no life in it at all? Like, like, are we going back to the days where you take current players and put them in at LaSalle Street Station, uh, LaSalle Street Station giving out free tickets to fans because no one comes? Are we going to go back to those days, you know, early 2000s?
1: We might. If we we'll are, see. if we are, let me know because I'll be there. I'll be there yeah, at the South Street. Yeah. True. <laughs> True. I was going to say but it's it's such a weird position. And then if you go online right now. The issue I think for the Blackhawks is this is picking up like everyone around the league is looking at this. This is right. no longer just a in-house mm-hmm. fan annoyance of fire, fire, like fire everyone. This is blowing up. Everyone around the league is talking about it now, and you have all these different national reporters talking about it, and like one, look at, Liam McHugh tweets out a video, or a photo of Jeremy Colleton handing the clipboard to the players during the timeout when his team's down, like six to three with seven minutes left in the game, he's handing the clipboard to the players. Whose job is that? It's the assistant coaches, the, the coach himself, and Yeah, maybe that's a sign of like, all right, we're going to let you guys be creative and see what you want to do. But also it does kind of reflect on do you not have faith in your guys? Do you not have faith in yourself to do this? Right now I feel like if there was ever a game that that was a bad time for the cameras to be on the coach, it would be when you're in this position because that one one image, which if you're listening to this, I'm sure you saw it. If not, just look it up yourself. Yeah. That's going to just blow this out of proportion too. Do we
0: think that that was Jeremy Colliton literally saying like, okay, I, I know I'm getting fired tomorrow?
1: Was that? Him I doubt it. Out? I doubt
2: I it. Don't, I, I don't think.
1: It, I don't think so. I don't think this guy's getting fired. But go ahead.
2: I don't think so because Stan Bowman's like, we're not gonna get too worried about this until it gets completely out of hand. He's like, this team needs patience, and I'm like, okay, how much more patience do you need, man? Jeremy Colliton sucks. He's an AHL caliber coach at best. His assistants are also AHL caliber. Thomas Mattel does nothing. Sheldon Brookpink is. Horrible. Only Mark Crawford knows what he's doing in Jimmy Waite. You get rid of Jeremy Colleton, Mattel, and Brookbank. Troy Crawford as the interim head coach. Maybe this team will actually do something and get towards wild card. But I really, he, he needs to get fired. Like, this is DeLastra. Like, I understand if you're Steve Kerr with, like, all-star roster on your bench, and then they come up with a play like they did with the Golden State Warriors. But when you have a team that's struggling like this, you can't just give them the whiteboard. <laughs> I guess because Mark, because <laughs> I think it's because Mark Crawford has had the whiteboard in every single timeout. You guys probably saw this, right? Like every single timeout, yeah. every single stoppage, Mark Crawford has that whiteboard. The fact that Mark Crawford has the whiteboard, not Jeremy Colleton. And then when Mark Crawford's not there, Jeremy Colleton goes, I don't know what I'm doing here. You guys try something that's, <laughs> like literally give Mark Crawford head coaching title by this point.
1: I think it's a combination of a lot of different things right now with this team, where you have none of, I mean, let's be honest. No one on the roster has been like, "Oh my God, I've been loving the way this guy's playing." You know, no one has. No so, bad. like Patrick Kane only having a goal, Tabraca having two through the first five games, not going uh, into tonight. Uh, Obviously,
0: this is also worth noting. I mean, I'm sure most Blackhawks fans know this, but uh, Patrick Kane not even in the lineup tonight. COVID protocol. That's also some news coming out of, you know.
1: Well, from the yeah, Blackhawks. it's. That's that's unfortunate, but you got to find a way to I feel like the Blackhawks on paper, if you had said going in the season, Kane missing a night with COVID protocol, I would still say the Blackhawks should beat Detroit.
0: Oh, no, I'm just saying. Yeah, just no. Yeah, yeah. Fans updated, yeah. But yeah. Right. Like yeah. He, he doesn't play tonight. Um, and...
1: But even before that, none of these guys are being productive. None of them are. And you see you see. Jeremy Collin, try and change up the lines to make different guys work out, but it's kind of a duplicate of what happened to Dylan Strome the last couple of years. Where after having like a good year, after the first couple of games, what do they do? Well, we're just going to drop him on the fourth line. You know, you have <sighs> the Blackhawks just decide after like a couple of bad games to dump Tyler Johnson on like the fourth line or third line the last couple of games after they try all preseason and all of training camp to play him with Dubrincic and Kane. And just the line juggling, it worked with Coach Quinville. It's not working now. And some of the moves he's making, it just does not make sense.
2: Nothing of what he's doing makes any sense right now. I mean, honestly, Dylan Strong is making up one of the most effective lines in 5v5 for the Blackhawks right now with Adam Gaudet and Henrik Borgstrom. That line was the most, was the standout line for tonight, in my opinion. But the fact that that's the only line that's doing anything effective in the offensive zone, is very discouraging to say the least.
1: Hey, Dylan Strom's getting paid. I actually, you know what? I'm going to write an article about the penalty kill because I've never seen the Blackhawks pen, penalty kill at like 93% effective, best yeah. in the league. And I know it's I know still it. early. That's but, Mark Crawford, it's... by the
2: way, man. That's all Mark Crawford. <laughs>
1: I, it's, that's just, what world are we, is the world upside down where the penalty kill is just like through the roof, despite the team being this bad. And I mean, no, it makes sense that the penalty kill should be good. And you have a hall of fame goalie and you have a pretty good defense on paper and on while they're defending, I guess, but right, it's, I I don't know what else to say. Go ahead, Pat, go ahead, Jeremiah, someone, someone just run with us wherever you want.
2: My thing with the special teams is that they have guys on that ice that know where they need to be and what they need to do. On 5v5, they don't have that. That That's my current, you know, consensus right now. Does anybody disagree or are we all in agreement I, I right now? We
0: can, we, I, I mean, Jimmy will get this, but we can employ the, uh, N, the Jimmy NHL 14 strategy where you play the whole game on the penalty kill and win the game.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, that, so what Pat's saying is, When Pat and I used to play video games in NHL against each other, I would let him have the puck in the offensive zone all game. Like, all game. I would just sit there and I would block shots. I would, you know, put on my defense and, like, literally a box in front of the net making sure he can't score any goals. And it would drive him insane because it would just take one odd man rush for me to win and for him to lose. Um, (laughs) And, yeah, I mean, we have one buddy who would – literally just outscore us on the penalty kill because when he's, when we're on the power play, we don't have any defensive guys out, but you know what? I want to, I want to change gears a little bit here. If you guys are right, sure. if you guys are all right with this, can I, can I I'm change okay. gears? Yeah. Okay. Are you okay? So one thing we said with the someday show was that we would look around the league a little bit and we would talk about teams that aren't the Chicago Blackhawks yes. and there's not a this. better night. There's not a better night to start <laughs> than tonight with I am all for it so let's let's say whatever we want to say about the blackhawks and then let's talk about something else uh, if we talked about
0: the uh just in general the the new media rights deal with the espn and tnt Have we talked about that on any podcast yet i don't think we have i i am a huge fan of tnt and espn i think this is going to do a lot of good things for the league um and and just the talent on both ends you know we, we had a uh there was a. Uh, a studio crew the other night. I was, uh, I, I'm a huge fan of, um, um, let me go f- find the picture of it. But it was uh, an ESPN broadcast and they were it, like, what they were doing their Wednesday night hockey sort of thing. And there you go. Yeah, it was uh, Steve Levy, Mark Messier, and Chicago's, or well, yeah, Chicago's own Chris Chelios. And it was just like, it was, you know, the, the, the talent they have, fantastic. The production, fantastic. Like graphics look great. Um, even like TNT was experimenting with some like, you know, on ice sort of stuff with like the passing lines, all that sort of thing. Um, and you got a lot of guys who have been in the game for a while. You know you you hear some of the guys who have been on uh, NBC before, but overall just fantastic. So far, every game I've watched on, um, like ESPN or TNT, just really well done, really enjoy watching it. And also like ESPN's pushing the NHL out almost as much as a lot more. Yes. Like they're putting it on their regular programming. I was actually uh, talking to a buddy on Twitter about it. You can go out look at my Twitter. Uh, I was talking to Leo Saucker, another good hockey mind that we know. That P McGann 28. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. he he was uh, we were just talking going back and forth. He's like, Yeah, like they're literally pushing the NHL during like NBA games and during like Sports Center. It's like that's gonna grow the game so much. And like you had you go from like ESPN never showing any highlights and Barry is getting like 10 minutes of you know, on air time a week to like you got in the crease, he got like uh, the point, all that sort of thing. And they're diving right in. And I, yeah, I, I love it. I love it. And maybe they, I don't know if anyone else feels the same way, but I think both TNT and ESPN, fantastic job so far.
1: I've got to say, like, I know we're we're a Blackhawk up podcast here, but I gotta say it. Subscribe to ESPN Plus. Oh my god! Every out-of-market hockey game on ESPN Plus, especially with the Blackhawks being this bad, if you just like <laughs> hockey too, turn on any game you want. Like I just it was great watching the Seattle Kraken in their first home game yesterday i don't know if either of you caught that game but um it 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 brings up a question to me and i have to say first off the bat i've been loving espn i've been loving tnt i've been loving the coverage i mean anytime you can see wayne gretzky shooting pucks at charles barkley in the net that's kind of fun (laughs) during the intermission that was Um, golden yeah just compared to them just standing there being like yeah you got to get pucks in deep and uh Looking like they didn't want to be there talking about hockey sometimes, and I did also like NBC. So I'll I'll say that, but NBC was good.
0: It got to a point where they just was it was black and white. It's something new and something fresh
1: now. Yeah, that's 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 the big.
0: And I like how it's not exclusively NBC and like NBCSN, like ESPN and TNT having two separate outlets um, is good. It's really good. So
1: talking talking about that Seattle game, I have to ask you both. The Seattle Kraken yesterday did something I did not expect and was kind of shocked by. They rose a jersey to the Rafters. Number 32 is retired in Seattle because they're the 32nd hockey team in the NHL. That compares, in my mind, to the Minnesota Wild retiring number one and the National Predators. Yeah, for the fan For Minnesota Wild, number one. It it literally says Wild fans, yeah. Number one. In our hearts and our mind, always. But I have to ask you guys: like, are you do you like that? Do you like seeing teams retire numbers like that? Jeremiah's shaking his head no. So let's let's cut no to way. him on that. What do you think?
2: In my opinion, to retire a number, the player that wore that number has to do something incredible, and like have a lasting legacy in the mindset of fans, present and future. Right. The fact so is,
1: something memorable something, and will always right.
2: This has to be like, a okay, I know that the Kraken are going to be the last NHL team for a long, long time, right? Yes. But at okay. the same time, I'm kind of like, okay, on one side, I'm like, cool, you want you to retire a, jer- or a jersey number on behalf of the fans to m- commemorate how you're the second NHL franchise and the last one for potentially the next like decade or so. At the same time, I'm like, why would you retire number 32 when you could be giving that number to one of your prospects? They become your franchise player, a la Patrick Kane or Jonathan Taze. And then you're like, oh, shoot, we already gave 32 to this person, to nobody, and we retired it immediately when somebody else could have came in, had that number, made thir- number 32, a legacy number, but then have that one be actually honored for a good reason. I don't understand why you would have any interest in retiring a number for no reason. But I mean, on so- the fan side of thing, do you want a ceremony, I guess, for your first home game. And I guess that's like some way you can cap it off, but I, uh, I, I don't think... understand it. I don't like it, but that's just my opinion. I'm not a CEO or anything, so.
0: Uh, I think it's uh, part of me, yeah, it's like you kind of want to do something cool to start, you know, your, your franchise out. And, you know, obviously, when you're playing your first NHL game on your home rink, there's no banners up there. So you kind of want to maybe fill it up in a way and, and put something up there because yeah you know it's not cool when your rafters are empty you know it doesn't look very good but I'll you know at the same time you know they're expansion use so that's to be expected but I, I, I don't know it's a little bit tacky you know not the biggest fan of it I, I understand it I see why they're doing it um, you know I'm kind of indifferent about it a little bit funny to laugh about um, I don't think it's as bad as Minnesota's wild fans one that's that's freaking hilarious and maybe that's because or know,
1: nashville's
2: some- or i was going to mention yeah. nashville's too yeah. nashville's was cringe <laughs>
0: yeah yeah so like you know having any excuse you can to fill up your rafters i guess is you know what what teams and franchises want to do but uh, i don't know
1: kind of well, funny as, but- as jeremiah said like it, you need to do something memorable and you need to like you know kind of like have a legacy like that in the with the team you know
2: Right, right. So some with, reason for some people to remember you and be like, yeah. oh, yeah. Like, if Marion got had his never retired, I wouldn't be against that. I'm like, he's the reason why the Blackhawks won so many times. Right. Well, he actually I, has I a think, legacy.
1: I think something memorable that fans will never forget definitely has to be Marc Andre Fleury tonight. So, 29 definitely should go into the rafters now, right? Like, yeah. something memorable. He gave up a couple bad goals tonight, he it was not his best outing. He's trending right now on Twitter. So never going to be forgotten until they start winning some games, hopefully. I don't know. Positive legacy. Oh, positive.
2: Okay. Positive legacy. You score shorthanded goal, five on four, natural predators, Patrick Kane. Memorable. Then go on to score the game when you go for Stanley Cup final and probably the most odd Stanley Cup final winner in history. Memorable. goes on to score 1,000 points and play 1,000 games. Memorable 88 Rafters. Boom. Good. Marc-Andre Fleury, number 29. Pittsburgh Penguins, definitely Rafters. Chicago Blackhawks, definitely not. Because <laughs> what is this? But
0: I think, yeah, it's funny because when you think about like memorable things for Seattle to do, I, I think it's funny because it's so hard to compare Seattle to Vegas because like the Golden Knights, Vegas yeah. is Vegas. Like they literally just made their their whole first game like a whole vegas show like tacky you know right the the cheese of vegas sort of thing like that was that was actually pretty funny and pretty cool like i thought i found that i'm like okay it makes sense for vegas of all places you know you go to las vegas the first thing you notice is okay this place is cheesy you know whatever but um <laughs> yeah uh for seattle they're not las vegas so they can't really do that so i guess that's you know all they kind of had but um
1: i mean it's, I it's really cool with vegas for example like when you have a team make it to the Stanley Cup final and all of a sudden I want to watch the game and I say, well, I have to I need to watch like 30 minutes before because I want to watch the on ice show before the game. Like that's just really cool to see with the team yeah. in general. I know we're no, getting like, on topic a little bit, but like Vegas is on ice performances. Pretty cool to see. They, they, I know they I, really I don't like, really like the team that much, but gosh, that's awesome.
0: They, yeah, they call it like nighttime or something like and it starts. Yeah, like exactly. Right. It's, it's pretty cool. They're like, yeah, come to Vegas for a show and some hockey as well.
2: They got a show both before and, at, and during the game. It's, it's – I can't miss.
0: They have, like, their whole, like – yeah, like, their whole, like, fortress. Uh, right. The top level. Like, it's 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 a whole thing over there. And that's, you know, good for them. Good for them. Yeah. Uh, they
1: can... Do you know what? Let's change gears a little bit here because we just talked about a little fun hockey story. Got another good one, but also at the same time, this one's going to hurt a little bit. Right now, if you were to say like this one team is the best team in hockey right now and they are the early favorite to win the Stanley Cup, the Florida Panthers would be that. I team. was
0: just about to see the Florida Panthers. That might not be a popular opinion, but. they. Oh, are- no, no, no.
1: I fully
2: agree with you. They have it's, a popular, it's a
0: popular opinion. Yeah, yeah it's it, a popular it opinion.
2: Every <laughs> single piece you need to win the Stanley yeah. Cup. They got Panthers veterans now. They got the coach. They got the stars. They got the supporting cast. They got the goaltenders, plural, goaltenders. And they have the grit. They literally, there are almost the identical blueprint of the 2010 Stanley, Stanley Cup champion Chicago Blackhawks, coached by
1: Joel Quinville. Let, let mean, me name the insane. teams that they've, let me name the teams they've beat so far in their first five games. Pittsburgh Penguins, Apple. New York Islanders, Tampa Bay Lightning, oh. Colorado Avalanche, and then the Philadelphia Flyers. Those first four teams, really good teams. Good Colorado name. Avalanche, Tampa Bay Lightning, New York Islanders. Those are three different types of teams. You have the Colorado Avalanche, that are like the other up-and-coming team right now. The Tampa Bay Lightning, the champions, and then the New York Islanders, a team that is great defensively, which they totally obliterated them five to one.
0: And they right. also obliterated the Hawks too, but maybe too soon. But it's okay. But yeah, no, Florida, very good team. Like you too said, soon. like like that was a. I liked uh, Jeremiah's like quote saying like very very close to the 2010 blackhawks team and i would be so happy for them to win their first ever stanley cup and get joe quimble another one like that'd be awesome so
1: like
2: i forget jumbo joe man
1: yeah yep joe, joe thornton joe thornton yeah i'm sorry i'm sorry he's playing in he's down there right now yeah yeah oh he's my there in god the off season
2: so yeah. i'm like well it's, if the blackhawks don't make it we know who we are going to cheer for don't we
0: Oh, I'm, in, I'm already cheering for them. Like I'm yeah. they're I, I've always, you know, I always like non-traditional hockey markets to perform well, just cause you know, you don't really see that very often. And I've always been kind of a proponent. Like the, they made the playoffs a couple of years ago, lost to the uh, Islanders. But, and like during that run, I, like with the long I was like, Oh yeah, like I, I'd love for Florida to win it. Like, that'd be so cool. A team that's typically not even like, you know, kind of thought in the basement of the league, you know, down in the dump sort of thing. So I'd be, fantastic if they want I hope this this trend continues for them undefeated currently um and I would I would love it I mean hopefully they can keep it up down there in Florida but
1: you got to find positive somewhere and you got to watch some good hockey but sometimes like I mean
0: so uh, I I hope uh hope Edmonton you know doesn't win a Stanley Cup
1: Hey, Edmonton's undefeated right now, too. So. <laughs> Edmonton's on fire, man.
0: Oil on white, Jimmy Lynch. But, no, I, I, white, I saw yeah. a super I funny – I saw – I think it was uh, – I was listening to a, a podcast, maybe maybe Puck Soup on The Athletic, and one of them was like, it looks like the Oilers are going to be able to score their way out of any
1: problems this season. So, <laughs> <laughs> <True>. <laughs> that's what it looks like. <laughs> when you have, like C- – Connor McDavid is already on pace for over 200 points. He's a monster. Like, He's he's, Pat, he's a good hockey player. Pretty good.
2: Connor McDavid Con- needs another league.
1: Connor McDavid yeah. has played in five games right now, Pat, and Jeremiah. Five games. How many points would you say he has? I don't don't look it up. Twenty. Seventeen. Right, let's, let's, let's not go that guy. high, guys. Now you guys are. <laughs> it doesn't seem as good. I didn't look at well, anything. Wait. I promise you. He has. He has. 13 points so you both overshot it. Uh, but hey, yeah, what the heck? You thir- so bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, only 13. Only 13 points six in five goals, games. Wow. Six goals and seven assists through the first five games of the season. Wow, what a noob. I'm expecting <laughs> more from him. That's it. Come on. I and The sad thing is, is like 20. Leon Draisaitl also has 11, but yet yeah. McDavid has 13. So which he one is everyone talking about? Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, but it has more combined than the entire Blackhawks team right now.
0: But if we're being honest, I mean, they're going to get exposed come playoff time. You can't score your way out of every situation. I mean, maybe the regular season you can, but in the playoffs, it gets physical.
1: That's the thing this year, especially which I know we probably don't want to all be talking about the Edmonton Oilers, but they're I mean, they've been you, getting well, that. They've been getting that depth scoring this year. Which is what they they've been, been missing in the years past. You have Zach Hyman, or not Zach Hyman? He's been Cassian. one of their top guys. Zach yeah. Cassian has yeah. three goals in the first four games that he's been playing in. Warren cool. Fogle scored a big goal. Like you're getting goals from different guys, which is what they need to do, and heck, what the Blackhawks need to do. But the Blackhawks, more importantly, they're missing their top guys doing. out only having two goals is not going to work, and oh. Kane only scoring one that's not going to work. Kane, I'd honestly, I'm a little. I'm not worried about Patrick Kane because obviously he's going to turn it on eventually, Yeah, but like he ended last year, not scoring a lot. And then during the offseason, he talked about like a lingering in- injury that's been bothering him. And then once this year came back, he was like, kind of just like, Oh yeah, it's just something that you deal with or something. So that's a little, a little nervous, like a little off-putting to me to have your, your guy who you need to be that great. And he's, he might not be at a hundred percent.
2: This entire team needs to pick it up. The (laughs) fact that they have no, like, there is no depth on this team right now. And the thing that they were so proud about through many articles by the Blackhawks website, Chicago Tribune, Chicago Sun-Times, the Athletic, I can go on and on, was how they now have offensive depth. Where? Where? Where has it been so far? They have no depth whatsoever. The third line of Strom, Gaudet, and Borgstrom did all the work on even strength today. There's no depth. It's horrible. what, What this team needs is for their stars to turn it up and their depth guys to actually do what they need to do. The fourth line has no energy. That's a problem. First line, no production. Insane problem. Stars have no points. Horrible problem. And your sniper and Alex Brinkett is snake bitten. Also a horrible problem. Everything needs to every, okay. I said in the first podcast to preview this season, I'm pretty sure uh, Jimmy knows. I don't know if Pat was on, but I said everything about this team has to go to plan. Everything has to work and everything has to fit together to actually make this actually work. What we see so far, nothing is working out. And that's, I mean we're we're in for a long season and an even longer off season if you know they don't pick it up.
1: Yeah, I mean it's uh so let me just say this like going into this game, the big thing I kept just thinking to myself was the Blackhawks just have to beat Detroit. And even if they do beat Detroit, I'm gonna have like a bit of a sour feeling in my mouth because it's Detroit. Like they should beat Detroit. You know what I mean? Like Detroit is not Tampa Bay. It's they're not Colorado. They're not Florida. It's Detroit. It's not Carolina. It's a team that is on paper. That's the big thing. On paper going to the season, Detroit was going to be a lot lower than the Blackhawks. Right. You know what I mean? So that's really what hurts. It's the fact that they we're still did not get it together.
0: Yeah, we're begging for a win against the the Detroit Red Wings and I mean, maybe if we said that 10 years ago, that makes sense. But now it's like, you know, that that's a, that's usually a bottom feeder team. And maybe that's what the Blackhawks are now. Maybe they're, I mean, on paper, they shouldn't be. And according to plan, they shouldn't be, but from what we've seen so far, like they are playing like a team, that's, that's going to be a bottom feeder and era, you know, in the basement of the league standings. And uh, you know, it's, it's, it's frustrating to watch as a fan. It's, you know, it's, you know, it, I don't know much to say. It's just at this point, we can talk about what we've seen and and what's going wrong, but, you know, at what, what, what cost? It, it's just – if this is going to be a bottom-feeder team, something's got to happen, obviously. Yeah. You know? It's, it's, uh, the thing is it's that they to, shouldn't be.
1: like They, they shouldn't are, be? No, they like, shouldn't. This oh. is
2: by far the most talented team the Blackhawks have had since 2017. First year, we can all come to agreement on this. On paper, this is by far the best team they have put on the ice since 2018. With that said, Kobe Cohen, I think he's a new uh, analyst on NBC Sports Chicago. And he also said this, where it's not a talent issue. It's an execution issue. And who's in charge of the execution? Now, mind you, broadcasters and reporters who work for the Blackhawks cannot say Jeremy Colliton is the issue they need to get rid of him immediately. But you can tell based on the minor like nudges and punches that they put out there that they are frustrated with the coach because the coach is the entire – okay, this may be completely controversial, but in my mind, the coach is the final puzzle piece for any team. I don't, I'm pretty sure that's, I, I, that's my personal opinion. I'm pretty sure that it might be your guys' too. Because what the coach is supposed to do is that you're supposed to put the guys in positions and in systems in which they can't succeed. I'm pretty, I know we talked about this and said that we're not going to mention any, like we're not going to mention, uh, you know, who in this entire podcast, but here we go. He has not done that in four years. This entire team is flopping four years. They look lost in every season so far. And like, I'm pretty sure we can go to consensus. The coach is the final puzzle piece for this team to pick it up and actually get to the playoffs. And they have a short amount of time to do that because we're now six games in. Right. And we see, we see the Central Division too, right? They are insanely competitive right now. Not insanely, but they are really competitive. Where it was, we assumed to be seven teams, right, who are aiming for that playoff spot. We're expecting five teams to get through because the Pacific is so bad. But what we're seeing right now is that the Blackhawks are... Trying to fend for second to last place in their division and even in the league with the Arizona Coyotes. That That's not supposed to happen. And it's happening. Like the coach has to be changed unless they want to be a bottom feeder and give up their fourth overall pick to the Columbus Blue Jackets.
0: Yeah, that's to help what's them the so result. bad. That's what's so bad too. Even if they tank, they don't even get that pick. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Right? Like I, Okay, I'm I'm I've been on the on the I don't like this
0: Seth Jones trade since it happened. Jimmy's been really loves the Seth Jones trade since it happened.
2: Like I I like the Seth Jones (laughs) trade if they had the coach who could put him in the situation to do well. He like he played 26, 28 minutes in the past three games and he looked like he was on like, OK, let me let me see how I can put this in a in a nice way. He just sucked for 26, 28 minutes. Nothing, nothing like screamed, I'm an elite defenseman who's getting paid 9.5 million dollars starting next season. He looked like a guy who was on the same level as, as um like Riley Stillman. There is nothing eye-catching. There was nothing eye-catching about this, about this guy, nothing eye-catching about this team. Fans fell asleep tonight because this team was so boring to watch. Where, where does it become too much,
0: right? We got seven more years left after this one, so.
2: Oh, my gosh. Uh,
0: we got a lot more Seth Jones.
2: We got a lot more Seth Jones hockey to watch.
0: But, but, but realistically, let's just say, let's assume, let's just, with what we know and what we think will happen, is that they're not going to do anything about Calton or Bowman. So, they're obviously, and I, I said this in dead serious tone, they're not going to lose every single game this season. They're going to win, obviously.
2: but Statistically, they need to.
0: But, but like what at this point in time, realistically, if everything stays the same, not, not the play on the ice, but just like, okay, we keep Collins and we keep Bowen, what is the ceiling for this team now? What is the ceiling for it? Are they going to bounce back and become that wild card team? Or are they going to be a bottom feeder the rest of the year? Because realistically, they're going to win games. They're going to get hot at some points here or there. But is is it going to be a team like, like a Buffalo Arizona, uh, you know, bottom feeder sort of team, or are we going to like be in the middle of the pack again, or are we going to make the, the playoffs? Like, what's the realistic expectation as of Sunday, October twenty fourth, two thousand twenty one?
1: Seventy six five and one. That's the ending. <laughs> I said that's the ending record. <laughs> oh, I thought you said what the ceiling is. That's that's if everything turns around, right? No. Um, oh. I'm, but but realistically, what's the ceiling? You know, like what do you guys think is going to happen from
0: here on out if, if if the management is is constant?
2: Statistically, they, they, at best, they are going to be a wild card team. That is their ceiling right now because based on their start, I don't think they can reach that third that third uh central division spot. Right. Five. You right. already so,
1: think because of the, the first six games going that bad, it's already out of the picture. The third, Let's just say I mean, yeah. that. That's there's the nothing, I'm just, there's just been nothing of,
2: yeah, there's been nothing about their game that has given me any form of confidence so far. When you have when you're rotating four lines with a duck and chase on every four like on all four lines, the defensemen pinch when they shouldn't. They can't so get you're not front saying, presence.
1: You're not saying the record is too over hard to come to overcome. No. It's the fact that just the teams playing has shown that right. they're not good enough to be more than that.
2: My thing is that, yeah. They, their record, anybody can get out of a bad start, right? But you need to show signs that you have the potential and the play style and the system and the personnel to get out of that slow start. I'm not seeing that in any point in the season. And they have absolutely bored everybody watching those games because they can't establish anything other than the third line of, I said, Strom, Gaudette, and Borgstrom. Their ceiling is wildcard. Right. Because statistically, they need to, they will still win games, but they'll still lose games too.
1: Right. Right. It's That's um, the big thing right now is like, there's no way in my mind or in general that this team is going to turn around and win five straight or win six straight and get back to 500 right, right. now. This is going to be a long season of them. Like it's going to take them probably until if, if they turn this around and started playing better hockey, they are still going to be flirting with a losing record until probably the end of november like just trying right. to get back there to 500 so uh, something needs to change something needs to change let's bring up the for me to blues. even say let's bring up the st louis blues of 2019 for a little bit
2: last in the we're league. not the
1: st louis blues of 20 last in the league in that.
2: january right <laughs> with the play with the playoff caliber roster with the personnel that you need to win they fire their coach, they promote their assistant coach, they rampage through the final half of the season, and they win the Stanley Cup. That's like the dream scenario for the Chicago Blackhawks now, right? Because they are second class in the league. They show no sign of getting out of that for a little while based on how they're playing right now. I said they're seeing this yeah. wild card, but if they change that one part of their team, potentially. Stanley Cup run. That's just my. I, that's just
1: my. No, uh, that's my, a fair. Uh, that's a fair positive
0: outlook. Too early that's a to fair, too Go for early, that. Too early to say that we're sellers. Trade
1: deadline.
2: I don't think they would sell. I no. think they have. They, they spent too much to sell. Yeah. I,
1: I, I, what with, can you sell? Like you could sell. You could trade Keldon. Exactly. You could trademark Andrei. Nobody on Seth Jones's contract. Anyone? No, no one
2: wants that man. They got Connor Murphy, maybe, Calvin DeHaan, maybe Alex Abrinca, but they're not trading him. There's no chance. Maybe down the League, but I don't think so either. They're not going to sell anybody, whether it be contract or the fact that they're untouchable. It's It's like
0: realistically in the next – like yeah, like Jimmy was saying, by the end of November, like you you got Toronto, Carolina, St. Louis, Ottawa, Carolina, Winnipeg, Nashville, Pittsburgh, Arizona, Seattle, the West Coast trip, Seattle, Edmonton, Vancouver, Calgary, St. Louis – San Jose. So like out of those handful of games, like, okay, you can beat Ottawa. Are you okay? I'm going to, I can say could, when I really should be saying should, but Ottawa,
2: <laughs> I agree with that. Should
0: beat Ottawa. Maybe you can steal the Winnipeg game. You're going to lose to Carolina. You're probably going to lose to St. Louis, probably going to lose to Toronto. Maybe you can steal a game at, uh, at home against Nashville, probably going to lose at home to Pittsburgh. You, you should be uh, Arizona. You go out on the West coast. It's a long trip, obviously, but I think you can beat Seattle. Um, you're probably not going to beat Edmonton because they're just going to light the lamp. Uh, so Jimmy will get to write a nice oil and white article about that when that happens,
1: and um, a sad Blackhawk up article. Yeah, at the same time. I'll like do that. that.
0: I'll, I'll take. Standard. I'll bite the bullet for that one, buddy. And, and <laughs> then uh, at Vancouver, you should win. At Calgary, you, you theoretically should win that. You come back home to St. Louis. you you're probably not going to win. Come back home again, San Jose. Then you're out of November. So. You're probably looking at November, you know, around 500 maybe. And, that, and on top of what already we have. So, you know, like Jimmy said, it's, it's going to take some some big wins to dig themselves out of the start.
1: I would totally not be surprised if we in another week are still talking about not only this, but trying to get a win. Like just looking at that schedule, yeah, there's a fair chance – there's a fair chance that this is still going on. Like, that's the amazing thing. Is there's a high chance? There's a high chance. The one difference I I want to mention, Jeremiah, that you mentioned the Blues comparison, which I love to hear. I yeah. that's something we, we all want to believe. Either. We hate the Blues. Right. No, I'm kidding. This is positive outlook.
2: This is the only thing I got positive about this entire show so far.
1: <laughs> so let's let's mention this about the Blues though. Before they went on that run and turned things around to win that Stanley Cup in the previous seven seasons before that they had made the playoffs six of those times. The only time they didn't make the playoffs was in 2017, 18 when they missed with a 94 points, barely missing the playoffs. The Blackhawks are a team that have a pretty much a completely new group and is trying to do something together that they haven't done before, you know? And with that St. Louis thing, like, literally two to three years beforehand they were in the conference final then they were in the second round then they missed the playoffs and then they won that stanley cup it's a fair comparison on paper where it's like they had a bad start and then they turned things around after a coaching change but they were just such a better team already than the blackhawks are now you know what i mean
0: and i I want to believe that
1: i want because you look at the blackhawks and it's like well you know they've missed the playoffs missed the playoffs made the playoffs because of something a little stupid and, like, the, oh, the bubble, they, and they they lucked their way into it. Um, we, my favorite playoffs, complaint
0: – They made the playoffs because Gary Bettman wanted them to make the playoffs.
1: True. Like, they, oh, we're yes. going to actually go back to 12, and we're going to go back to 12 based off of point percentage, not points. Like, that's how you get Chicago and Montreal into the playoffs. And –
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, think it's, it's, I think it's realistic that we – that very realistic that this team's first win will not come until a week from tomorrow on Monday, November 1st against Ottawa. That's like the next game where I'm like, okay, they could win that game. They're not going to beat Toronto. They're not going to beat Carolina. They're not going to beat St. Louis. They're just not. No way.
2: The way they're playing now, absolutely not. No, no.
0: So it might take till November to get the team's first win. And by that point, you might be too far out of anything to –
2: you would be way too far behind to make the playoffs just, after that.
0: Yeah, right. No, like you talk. I mean, like, okay. Oh, yeah. It's only November first. You get your first win. You can still no, no. Like, at that point, even though the only a, you know, what that would be, like maybe a little bit more than t- ten games have been played. Like, like, you can eliminate yourself from the playoffs quicker than
1: you think. Quicker right. You think. Well, that's that's the amazing thing because when we always talk about this team every game, it's like. They're behind two goals early, so now they have to build their way back up. But now they're doing the same thing in the standings. Like, Exactly. It's it's a frustrating yeah. night. They were better the last season point. than they are
2: now with the same coach.
1: And a better outlook because it was like, well, we're rebuilding and we just have all these young guys. Exactly. Look at all how great they're playing.
2: Look at how great they're playing. We got a first-round pick. We can add on to our rebuild. And then what did they, they do? They traded Adam Boquist, Cole Sillinger, who is on the Columbus Blue Jackets right now. Another first round pick of this season, which is probably going to be a lottery pick, unless it's tough, we, we win the lottery somehow and we get uh, the first overall pick this season because it's protected, and a second round pick. We could have had all, all four of those same assets on our team, with Dougie Hamilton probably. And then we wouldn't be talking about how bad the season is because like, I'm pretty sure everybody's talking about how bad the season is Is because we're like, okay, we are reloading. We're going for the playoffs because we were so close last season. And then you just blew it up completely. And then now you're back at square one with the veterans. And that's not a good idea.
0: Uh, I, I never heard Jimmy's response to, because uh, Jer- uh, Jeremiah said he didn't, he didn't like the Seth Jones contract. We never got Jimmy's rebuttal about how he likes the Seth
1: Jones contract. So. There, sorry I think uh, I think my Wi-fi cut out there um, <laughs> <anyway>. <laughs> no I mean I I'm, I still think it makes, like before these last six games seven games or whatever it's like I still think the the idea of adding a Seth Jones quality player is something that is going to work out in the long run for this team I believe that Seth Jones nine million dollar contract or like nine yeah, nine million, nine point five million dollar contract in nine years doesn't need to be proven in the first ten games of the season. It doesn't need to be proven oh. this year. I think over the course of his career now in Chicago, it's going to be the number one defenseman this team needs. He's a still he's still young. He's only twenty seven or twenty eight you know, or maybe
0: maybe he has his good years within the next two, three years. And then it just becomes Brent Seabrook all over again.
1: No, but I'm just saying
2: – That's to, what I'm worried about. That's why yeah. you don't have like to, the guys,
1: You have to understand, like, South Jones is arguably the one or two players here that we can already pinpoint as they're going to be part of the next era of Blackhawks hockey. Two to three seasons is a long time. By then, he'll only be like 30, 31 years old, still pretty much in the prime of his career, playing no, with he, a completely different team. Isn't he 26? He's 27 now. Okay. He turned 27 okay. early in the year. So I'm just saying, like, in a couple of years, we, I, I, it's too early just to be like, this Seth Jones contract's horrible. This team is horrible. This was a bad trade. Because, yeah, okay. I mean, like, on paper, I, I know, I know. But I'm just saying, like, <laughs> Seth Jones is going to be here for a long time, and they have a long time to build a team around him to win. Like, yeah, if at the end of this long contract and this long time, he hasn't won a Stanley Cup with the team, there you go. Light the fire but I'll talk to you in nine years about it. Yeah. I'll we'll be back we'll here in
2: eight years and talk about yeah. how the stuff. Hey, is cool. really tweet good. at
1: me, tweet at me about it. and Tweet nine, at you in years, eight, whatever eight I'm years. doing. I told you, Jimmy, I, don't, I told you. <laughs> yeah.
0: Jeremiah. I'm just saying yeah. it's, it's very, a good possibility <laughs> that it could end up like Brent Seabrook again, when you sign a guy for that long. Cause back then we're like, Oh yeah, we got Seabrook for this long. And,
2: and then he got, you know, the they the signed
1: Seabrook when he was like 34, 35. This guy's – this guy's t- was 26 when he signed this contract. Come on. And now
0: Seabrook is on the Tampa Bay Lightning.
1: Prime to win another Stanley Cup, isn't it? Right. Is there like a max amount of LTIR you could have? Wait, wait. Is, no. is
0: Chris Pronger technically still on the Coyotes? No,
1: I'm pr- – come on. That's done. That's done.
2: That's been but is done it for tough? a while. <laughs>
1: We we can there. we
2: can say it's done I think. I think we can say it at this point it's okay. it's done.
1: I'm sure he, like always is under contract there, but like no, I'm pretty sure that. it's done. Arizona Coyotes legend
0: Chris Pronger. I,
1: I wish we could talk about this team now with like contracts like yeah, um Seth Jones actually signed a 25 year contract with this team and like just just the amount, how long they used to sign like Duncan Keith for like 13 years. 13 that's, years. Yeah. It's awesome. That
2: was a bargain too.
1: I, I, I still am a believer that that was, that, there was a writer here before who said that that was one of the worst contracts on the team. And I, I that was, I don't understand how anyone could ever say that. I, we I fully Duncan disagree
2: Keith. with that take.
1: Yeah. No, a hundred percent. How could you ever think that? Yeah. Duncan Keith is Duncan Keith. Even, I hope he does well in Edmonton, but even like,
0: that was Jimmy just throwing in a nice little uh, plug Oil for light. Light. No, I wrote an article
1: I wrote Another an article man? about how he wasn't really that good during the first couple games because he, like, Corsi-wise and all the different percentage things. Salty
0: Blackhawks fan.
1: His, his <laughs> analytics were worse than it was here. So I was like, all right, he has to be a little bit better. Like, let's let's get him doing something. But I got all these comments saying, this is a Blackhawks fan. He just They just want him back on the team. No, that's not Can what we don't. <laughs> yeah, Duncan figured Keith you out, Jimmy. Save this team. They figured it out. I want him back in Chicago. Flur- flurry for Keith, one for one. They might actually do that though. They'll I keep... actually
2: wouldn't mind that trade, to be completely honest. Seven, on, for, f- guys, seven for six, guys, heck yeah.
1: <laughs> save it for <laughs> after the save it for February. Save it for February. Yeah. Um, any. Final hopeful comments? Any final comments?
0: I am, if, I mean, I know. Well said. No, no. Oh. On the off chance wow. that anybody from the Blackhawks organization hears this, good luck against Toronto, boys. Good luck. I wish you a Godspeed because it's going to be ugly.
2: Please don't get booed off the ice for the fourth straight
0: game. I wish I could go there and boo them off the ice. That'd be fun. But
1: <laughs> At this point, I feel like they'd rather play on the road they would like, it's literally a road
2: 100 for 82 games they did not get cheered at all today like tonight either like they're literally playing on the road in their own building everyone's saying like oh the united center is such a great environment to play charlie johnson said i loved playing there when i was playing the blackhawks because of the atmosphere and now he's playing for the blackhawks and the atmosphere is a full 180 than what it used to be they're gonna get they're getting booed they're getting cheer- like the opponents are getting cheered then the blackhawks are getting cheered
0: yeah i I'd cheer for the if I was there. I, would, I mean, I was cheering for the Red Wings tonight. I would have started a "Let's Go Red Wings" chant. I mean, "Let's Go
2: Red Wings" chant was the only thing I heard. I heard
0: zero "Let's Go Hawks." And we we go from left, you know that you know let's, let's go. I heard Detroit sucks a few Detroit times. Detroit sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I was wondering what that chant was. I was like, what is this?
0: Like,
1: not I would a chant octopus. And I took, a, and I took my a, girlfriend to I took my girlfriend to a preseason game. Wasn't even against Detroit, but a Detroit sucks chant started in the three hundred level. She was so confused. She's like, "Why are they chanting this?" I'm like, "Just because that's that's what we do here. No matter it's what, true. if the we three, have the to remind level, those...
2: level is an experience." The three hundred the, the only the way to see. watch a game.
1: Are you kidding? Come on, yeah. The and then you way got way the watch. drunk
2: fans are throwing ice at each other, getting into fights, throwing beer on each other. It's the best.
1: At least it's not college football where they're throwing mustard on the field and all these other garbage when they don't like the game. <laughs> I think it was Tennessee or something, but <sighs> I digress, gentlemen. It was a, it was a hard time watching this game tonight, but it was great talking to you. So we're we're gonna keep trying. We're gonna hopefully be able to talk the minute they have a win. Tell you what, let's let's just set this right now between the three of us. The minute they win a game, we're we're recording a podcast right after. Yeah. immediately after the game. The second the, the final game.
2: the second the broadcast is over, we're getting on.
1: So Good to go you guys have that to look and look, look forward to, or you're looking at hearing that and you're going to be like, okay, I hope they don't win a game because I don't want to listen to these guys. But <laughs> you thank know. you for listening. Go Blackhawks. Good night.